Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail, where mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. I'm your host, Gary Ware, and I'm here with my fabulous friend, Vanessa Valiente, who is a personal stylist. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Thank you for having me, Gary. Awesome. And it wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast without a drink, and today we are drinking... We are drinking very stale rosé. Very stale rosé. And it's uh, French. And it's French. So it, even though it's stale, it's probably better than any American rosé. Probably. It takes a little bit like poison, yes. but um, good poison. Good. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And we haven't died, so... So far, so good. So far, so good. All right, let's get into the interview. Uh, Vanessa, how about you start in telling the Breakthrough Cocktailers a little bit about yourself and what you currently do? All right. I am a personal stylist, and I've been in business for eight years. And as a personal stylist, I basically am an image consultant, fashion consultant. Um, I'm also a wardrobe stylist, and that means I do television, uh, editorials, catalogs, commercials, all that jazz. I actually get a lot of emails like every day, like, oh, I want to do that, I want to do that. And um, honestly, I much prefer the personal styling, the private aspect. Well, I wouldn't say much prefer. I love an editorial. I love an editorial, but I only do that like once a month and it's very, it's very, um, it takes a lot of time. So the actual shoot day is anywhere from 10 to 16 hours. Whereas with a private client, I mean, the longest session I went was like five hours. Oh, that's crazy. Usually yeah. it's two. Well, that's intense. Uh, so you graduated from college and did you originally wanted to want to be a personal pilot when you were in school or is that something uh, that happened afterwards? In college. So in college, no, I did. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was very, very confused. And my dad um, was always like, you know, real jobs, lawyer, doctor, engineer. And then I was like, well, I don't know how to do those things. And actually I didn't feel like I knew how to do anything. So I went into college with a communications degree. So I was like, I like people and I like talking. And then it turns out that's kind of a swill degree. I was like, we're watching commercials all day. And I don't even like TV, turns out. Well, you know, except when I'm styling. Um, so then midway through, I was actually performing in um, some short films, some comedy films with my older brother, Dominic. He was a film degree. And it was just so much fun. It was so challenging. It was so different. And my boyfriend at the time was also way into it. So we had this little crew, my older brother, his best friend, my boyfriend, me, I've always loved fashion, but that was never an idea for me to be as I grew up. I was like, no, no, fashion equals failure. And um, I did. I, I loved fashion. But you know what I loved about costume design is it's smarter fashion. You're addressing a character. Got it. You're addressing a person. So I switched my degree. I went, and it was so hard. I can't emphasize enough how hard it was to make that decision. Wow. So what was at what point were you when you said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'm going to pivot? Honestly, the pivot came because I had no idea how to do anything. And I kind of knew how to do that, the costume designing of it. You know, picking out the clothes for the films and just just being involved with it. I started kind of getting that, and I didn't get anything else. I didn't know how to be, like, a project manager. Yeah. I didn't know how to be a doctor, obviously. That was not on that path. Yeah. But, like, I didn't know how to do these, quote, unquote, real jobs. And I was starting to see that, you know, maybe I could... You know, my brother, to watch him be so dedicated for this thing, that's just basically, it does, it equals failure. But I was like, yeah. you know what, I don't know how to do anything else. I'm scared enough as it is. I'm going to do the switch. And then I did my minor. So I changed degrees, but I made sure my minor was in business. Smart. So that I could be like, ooh. 
Uh, and actually, my boyfriend at the time, too, he actually switched. He got an English minor. Nice. Was, so we both were, all, we were all, that little crew, we all just got really inspired. It's like, maybe you could do this and, like, not die and not be homeless. Got it. Although, technically speaking, I did believe I would be homeless, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So far, so good. Awesome. All right, cool. So you graduated. Then what? Then you just went out and... Well, I was uh, waitressing at the Olive Garden for um, going on three years there, you know, paying for college. And I actually was really diligent. I loved Craigslist. I scoured it for basically TFCD, which is um, time for a CD of prints. So I collaborated with some really good photographers for free, of course. And we all did it for images. And so I started building my portfolio there. And I applied to... Actually, when I was straight out of college, I was just waitressing and I was interviewing at the Old Globe and I got a job. Then I got contacted for a TV show, you know, a movie, via a teacher of mine who was a true professional in the film industry, which is rare, I feel like, in San Diego. And so I had all these offers come in about three months later. but the And I accepted actually all of them and ended up saying no to all of them because I had Stu Siegel Productions call me up. I interviewed with them actually six months prior because my brother worked there. And he set up an interview with the producer there. And they're just like, hmm, you're someone in college. Uh, we'll call you. Never. And um, <laughs> But it turns out never was uh, only six months. Oh, great. Yeah, so never isn't always never. Yeah, so I accepted it as an intern, $9 an hour. Two weeks later, I was upgraded to a set customer simply out of need. And a ton of people started in the film industry because of that need. We had tons of TV shows to film during that time period. I was extremely lucky. So, so lucky. And also just eyes and ears open. Got it. Learning as much as I can, as yeah. fast as I could. So you were just willing to do anything? Oh, yeah. No, I was there and willing to be treated like shit. And they did. They were like, we will do that for you. And, um, yeah, two, I did that for two years straight. Took a break. That's when I took on my first personal selling client. Oh, so what was that like to go from, wow, I'm getting paid to, you know what, I'm going to just put myself out there and start doing personal styling? Well, actually, again, a lack of choice. And uh, I can't emphasize how much survival led to my success. Just trying to survive. Saying yes because I have to. Saying yes because I need the money. Um, because, you know, that whole homeless fear thing never went away. Yes. And um, I was just searching, doing ever, anything and everything I could just in that industry, in the fashion industry. And I was like, you know, I heard about personal stylists. I'm taking a break. I had a month off in between TV shows. I'm not going to sit around. So I put an ad on Craigslist, and I got my first client within a week. Cool. And you had never been a personal stylist before that? No, 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 no. I totally made it up, totally made up everything in my head. Just sat there, and I was like, what do I need to know to dress somebody? You know, obviously their measurements, like what they're <laughs> looking for. You know, and I just took, and my whole, like, hook was like, I dressed celebrities. Now I'll yeah. dress you. Cool. And, um... Fake it till you make it, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, because apparently once you hit celebrities, like, oh, my God, if you dress a celebrity, you can totally dress me. And technically speaking, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> They're people. Got it. So yeah. that was great because then I had, you know, stars like Bo Derek, who people don't know about anymore. But like <laughs> Morgan Fairchild, I worked with Tippi Hendren. Oh, so cool. So like these old school, like, you know, gorgeous relics. And um, so people were like, whoa, you're basically famous because you've touched them. Now dress me. And even though my process, and again, like I had good skill and stuff, but I made up everything. It was yeah. just so new. So not necessarily knowing just the process of it. Got it. And so your process, how did you develop that? Oh, just experience. It's, oh, I actually saved some of my paperwork from my first clients 
just comparing it to now, it's so different. I mean, the, the essence is still there, but it's like things, oh God, just, I can't even emphasize enough how much it's grown simply because I was like, wait a minute, I need to ask this question now because it came up later. So like, okay, I need this because I need, didn't know it then and I fucked up or, you know, I missed it. Yeah. And, um, just things that would run into you like misunderstandings with clients. So my contract started, I was like, uh, it's like one sentence. It states my rate, you know? And then I was like, no, now it's a full, it's a full one page. Whereas before I was like font 18 size, like just to make it bigger. Here. Yeah. yeah. I was like, fill up, please a third of the page. And obviously I didn't have a lawyer. Um, although I did consult with them and, um, yeah, so now it's, it's much bigger. It's just clear. And I, again, I was so nervous about those things. And maybe I shouldn't be encouraging this, but I was like, I'm not a lawyer. But you know what? Am I really going to sue a client? And the answer is no. I just need something to be very clear between them and I. Yeah, that expectations. Ex- expectations. Be very, very clear, and you will eliminate problems. And just don't lie. Just be as honest and upfront as possible. So, like, our time starts at the time that we scheduled you. So if you show up at 4.15... The time still starts at four o'clock because that's the time we stop. We decided we would meet. So things like that are in the contract. And that's all just born organically from experience. Great. Uh, you had, so you had one client. And how did you start to steamroll and then realize, you know what? I can actually make a living off of this. Were there some scary times when you were just contemplating not doing this? Actually, here's, I mean, here's a... I don't know if this is inspiring so much as just factual. I don't need a lot to survive. And so that one client was my one client for like a month. And then I got another one client for like a month. But I had money for my TV shows. And like, I literally was like, oh, I need burritos. And like, you know, a bottle of charcoal filtered vodka. Like, I'm good. Yeah. So I was surviving off very little. But I was happy as a clam because I actually had clients. I mean, a client. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, another TV show would roll around. And so 2008, like that actually a little bit scary because I had that TV show making good money and I had no new client inquiries for me as a personal stylist. So had I not gotten that TV show, I would have been in major trouble. But obviously I didn't think about that too long. I'm yeah. making money. And um, then in 2009, that was the only time since I started in 2005 as a wardrobe stylist and fashion consultant. In 2009, when the recession hit, for like nine months, I only made $5,000. Wow. And my savings was running out. And I was like, I need to look elsewhere. And I did. I did look elsewhere and no one would hire me. So then, thankfully, October of 2009, my business exploded. I can't even emphasize enough how it was just so crazy how... Patience. Patience. Oh, my God. Patience. And don't spend a lot. Like, don't have a lot of expenses when you're growing. You know, you only need food and fun. And yeah. fun is just your friends. Yeah, exactly. So patience, very little expenses, and just keep working. Keep working. I never stopped. In fact, during 2009 is when I first got published in a national magazine. Because if you can't get work, get press. Yes. Uh, and I worked my ass off getting press. Getting, getting press. <laughs> and um, What was that like? Tell me about how were you hustling just getting press? What, what sort of things were oh, you doing? Wow. So working on my blog and learning everything about blogging. Everything. And my blog was huge back then. I mean, my blog is huge right now. Um, back then, I was totally on the cutting edge because not a lot of people had these blogs. So I had tons of readers, like a thousand hits a day. Didn't even know what to do with it. People, I would be invited to events. I was invited to Kim Kardashian's event. Like, the randomest things. So 
I had quite the image going in 2009. No money, but people thought it was awesome. And I was published in numerous magazines, both as a fashion expert and as a fashion writer. So that was really exciting for me to basically be a writer that year. Yeah. Getting paid nothing. It was awesome. People thought you were a writer and that was... People thought I was a writer. Technically speaking, I probably could consider myself a writer, but no, that was a great... I mean, I took use of my time. Do not ever just sit there. Like, I I wasn't watching TV. I was hustling. Yeah. And you're one of my most frugal friends, but you have the most fun. So give the the listeners some tips on that because yeah, you make a good point. You only need money for food and to have fun. So I what- love, love, love your question. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, I love your question because I do have so much fun. I've had fun this entire time and I've always made less than my friends. Always to this day, everyone's making really fancy money and I'm now making what they made when they were like 27. Um, maybe I shouldn't brag about that. Okay, I've always made less money. (laughs) Um, And I think definitely fun is in your friends and fun is in the outdoors. Living in San Diego, we have that luxury. So we go for walks, we grab burritos, we go hike Torrey Pines. And my thing though, that not all people get though, is I get invites to all these amazing events that have free food and free booze. So I'm invited to all these parties like Wednesday through Saturday. And I would go and I always get a guest. So I take one of my girlfriends or one of my guy friends or my lover (laughs) and um, go to this event and enjoy free food and free booze. And it is amazing. You can, and by the way, you don't have to be a like quasi famous fashion blogger to go to these events. You can just sign up at your local art gallery. You can sign up at any location that wants to promote themselves. And you can go over there and it costs nothing. You're having fun while building your business. And it's a good lesson to learn. I'm getting older now and I'm making more money and I'm spending a lot of money. And I'm almost reminiscent of the days where I just didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's time consuming to spend money. It is. It is. I'd rather spend time, you know, walking someone else's dog. Yeah. I don't want the dog. No, I'll walk theirs. Yeah. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, and you're so happy too. So, you know, Let's let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, you just seem like just things don't bother you as much, or maybe if they do, they sort of roll off. How do you, how do you do that? How do you stay you know chipper? Stay chipper. Um, honestly, I'm just really maybe this sounds cheesy. I'm just really appreciative not to be homeless and not to be out of work and to be doing something that is both creative and not that repetitive. Yes, I am technically doing the same job, but it's a different person, it's a different body type, it's different challenges. And I have so many elements to my work. I love that I get to write, and then I love that I can do the commercials, and then do the private clients. I do men and women. So I'm just excited that I'm not bored. And I and I just, I was, grew up poor. There's a reason I'm your most frugal friend. And it's so exciting to start making this kind of money, where I can you know, redo my condo. You know, yeah. I bought a condo. I bought yeah. a condo. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, although some people are like, um, yeah, you're in your 30s. You should buy a condo. But that's one Whatever. thing I really don't like. I don't like that entitled attitude. I don't like that, oh, you should. Oh, you should have a condo in your 30s. No, I have a condo in my 30s. And I'm so, so excited about it. I'm so excited. Yeah. I think that's what's so important is to be appreciative and to be humble and to work hard, to work that hard, and now be able to be like, 
no, I don't want to do that project. This project is more rewarding. I'm sorry, but that's just... That's awesome. That's the best. Yes. Like, that's the best. Yes. Priorities and knowing when to say no. Oh, yeah. Know yeah. when to say no. Yes. How often do you say no when projects come across? Well, it's funny because I consider it saying no, but I actually don't say no. I just quote a price that's very high and I quote a time wait. Like, I quote an amount of time that they would have to wait that I know they wouldn't want to wait. It's not like I'm lying. I'm just saying this is the value of my time. Or I am absolutely booked. If you do want me to work on this, it'll be this period of time. I've actually had commercials reschedule their shooting schedule so they could get me. And I was like, well, well darn, you, you totally called me on that. And of course I did it. I did yeah, it. put yourself out there. So it's not so much as saying no. It's saying giving my, give, how do you say it? Presenting the way that I would be able to do it. Yeah. And a lot of times terms. that doesn't work. Uh, yes. Can, what is it? Listing my terms. Yeah. It's not saying no. It's listing my terms. And um, a lot of times they can't do it. So it is basically a no. But it's wild when they accept it. Yeah. They're like, yep, so we will pay that. And we will now move that to September 18th. And I'm just, wow. It blows my mind. Yeah. That is so cool. So if someone is looking to find their passion and, and do something that they love, maybe they're in a rut or something like that, or maybe they just graduated and they're like, ah, I don't know what to do with this communication degree. Yeah. What sort of tips would you have for someone like that? So someone who's confused. How confused? Yeah. Do they even know what they want to do? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just they just don't. Yeah. They just, maybe they just don't like their job. Maybe they don't think that it's rewarding or something mm -hmm. like that. And they want to just do something that pulls at them. Pulls at them. Um, it's funny. My mom recently asked me, not asked me, she told me she's going to change her career right now and she's approaching her 60s and she's someone who you know she's not you know well off it's not like she's living off the money she is changing a career and it would it would mean something to her income and as someone asked her why are you interested in this industry this particular industry and she said it's the only time that I feel very comfortable that I feel accomplished that I feel happy and that it's funny I never would have given that advice before it's like why would that's silly. Yeah. And that's the, that's my immigrant father talking. He's like, you don't choose your happiness. You choose money, you know, yeah. work, work, work until you die. And then we're happy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but truth be told, I mean, I've always loved fashion and I've always loved people and I do love a challenge. This job is not easy. It's very hard. And it's very stressful, but I get to be around fashion. I get to do something I'm good at, which is very exciting nothing worse than trying to attempt a job that you're not good at. Yes. Um, and I get to be around people. So I love it. I'm not bored. I've always hated boredom. Although, to be honest, I'm so busy now that I wouldn't mind some boredom. <laughs> um, so big time for yourself. That's yes, important. Yes. But yeah, just find out where you're happy. Is it, is it with animals? Maybe you should pursue a career with animals. Career with animals. Um, that doesn't mean you have to be a vet. Maybe yeah. you're walking dogs. Maybe you're grooming horses. Um, if you love people, find out what you're already good at? What's your history and how can you basically correct your path? So you can basically stay in your industry, but maybe you have more people time. If you hate people, which many people do, maybe you could, you know, pivot in your industry towards more admin or more behind the scenes or more tech. Um, it's such a cheesy line, but just find where you're happiest, where you're good at, where you're comfortable. I do like a challenge, but you don't want to be that stressed every day. You yeah. don't be that challenged. Totally good. So, yeah, just things like that. What do you, where are you happy? And don't say booze. Although, yeah. to be honest, 
Some you could be selling, but you'd be a bartender. Yes. You could, you know, be in the wine business. Because um, there's a space for you. There's a space for you. Everyone has a space. Yeah, that's great. And now we're going to go to the lightning round. So I'm going to ask some questions that I ask a lot of my guests here just to get your perspective on things. Okay. First question. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, well, as I might have mentioned earlier, I had, was fearful of homelessness. When I was young, I was actually terrified of not only homelessness, but death. And I didn't dream of being anything. I thought I should be an elementary school teacher because I knew kids. So I, I'm sorry, I didn't have no, a huge imagination. Don't worry about Maybe it. Maybe that's why I'm so excited about yeah. my life now. Go, oh, wow. <laughs> I want to be an elementary school teacher and now I'm a person of silence. Yes, winner. I know, super winner. Yeah. So technically speaking, it's not like I wanted to be... I didn't want to be an elementary school teacher. I just thought I could do it. It was in my plan. Although I would like to emphasize, I don't think that job is easy. No, kids are terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when I was a kid, I wanted to be uh, the manager at Kmart. <laughs> I know. Yeah, my grandma used to take me there, so that was like the coolest time. And I'm like, you know what? I love Kmart. I want to be the manager here. And I used to tell people that, and they're like, well, that's great. <laughs> They had Slurpees. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, so exactly. And then it ended up switching over time. So, all right, cool. You wanted to be an elementary school teacher. Next question. Happiness. We sort of touched on happiness. Um, what do you find that makes you the most happy? Ooh. Um, oh, gosh, I'm just bombarded with so many thoughts. In my career, in my life, and anything. anything. What makes Vanessa the most happy? You know what? You know what makes me happy is my loved ones and humor. Ooh, Truly, nice. that is it. Basically, when a lack of stress makes me really, really happy, that's the organized part. But, like, I could be sitting in a clean house with all the work done and be, like, want to shoot myself. No, yeah. no, no. What makes it all great is I can now go and go on a bike ride with, you know, my lover David. Or, you know, see you and Drea at the comedy club. And, I mean, that's cool. what makes me happiness. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome. Stay awesome.